0: Your host, Katie Thomas, is the director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters.
1: Hi, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters, coming to you to
0: answer all
1: of your questions finance and money questions and quips and ideas about how best to try to get ahead in this great nation of ours, thinking about how to make the most out of everything that you do. I get often asked questions about insurance. Is it too much? Is it too little? Do I have enough? Am I? Should I price it around? Should I ask another agent? I've been with the same person for 25 years. I'm not sure they know me, but I feel like I know them. Should I stay? And then I keep seeing all these commercials saying, you can save $350 by switching to... ABC, except they all say that. And I can't figure out how if you can save $350 by switching to all of them, then how come you can't get it from the one you're currently with? So I thought, you know, if I wonder about this, I bet the Money Matters community wonders about it too, because nobody wants to spend more for what they need than they have to. And they want to make sure that if they're getting a deal that they're getting a good deal and that they understand what they might be giving up in order to get that deal. And so really the kind of person you should talk to to do this work would be a property casualty agent. So I have recruited Lisa Kessler to come with us today and she she works at Kessler Insurance in New Hampshire and she's going to help us talk about some of those things. But first Lisa, welcome to the
2: show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I look forward to answering those questions cuz we get asked the same things all the time. So you're absolutely correct. People are wondering. So tell me a little bit about you
1: first. How long have you been in the property? property casualty business, where's your office located? Kind of help us warm up to
2: you. Absolutely. So Kessler Insurance is located in the Newmarket Mills. So it's a fabulous little small, typical New Hampshire town, but we cover all of New Hampshire and all of Maine. So that means all the way up north, all the way to the Massachusetts borders and all over. And what we really specialize in, because we're an independent agency, what we do is we provide really good education and we spend a lot of time going through with our prospects and our clients to understand what their needs really are. We find out what's important to them based upon what they own, what their potential risks are, what they do for a living, what they've been currently having for insurance. And then as an independent agency, what we do is we actually do that shopping for them. So we will go to only the highest rated national and regional carriers and go and see who's going to give the right coverages for them, not their neighbors, not their family members, but for them at the best possible price. And I think that's what's really different and a lot of people don't understand between different kinds of agencies. There are independent agencies, which will do this. And then there are captive agencies like the All States, the Nationwide, the State Farms that don't take this extra step. Right, because they only do their products, right? So when you go to State Farm, you gotta know that that's all they're gonna look at. Correct, typically that's correct. Sometimes they can sell something called surplus and they have some surplus carriers occasionally, but they can't do the really thorough shopping for you, that thorough research to say, given your particular situation, given the fact that maybe you have a swimming pool with a diving board or you have a trampoline or maybe you have a certain breed of dog or you own a home business or all these other things that make your personal needs unique, they may or may not have the solution for you. Whereas a good independent agency should be able to find that right fit for you. And that's a key difference. And so you
1: said something about making sure that you buy what makes sense for you, not what makes sense for your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I always hear, you know, I hear all kinds of rules of thumb about how much homeowners insurance, replacement insurance you should have for your house. And I think that a lot of that is pretty mucky, right? It is to
2: people. The answer is just like in the financial services, there's so many parallels. The answer is it depends, right? It depends on you. It depends on what you own. It depends, do you have a mortgage? Do you not have a mortgage? There's all these factors that come into it. And someone, you when you're looking for an agent, you want someone to sit down and say, let me ask you some very specific questions about you. And then let me educate you on why we're going to look for these kinds of insurance coverages based upon what you've told me. And that's really important. A good insurance agent is going to recommend replacement cost coverages, not actual cash value. So gosh forbid, for instance, your house were to burn to the ground and be a total loss, they call it. You wanna make sure you can rebuild it with like product and like materials at the right price. There's all these steps and things that a good agent should be explaining to you too what you have for coverages and why you have them. And that's really important because a lot of times we'll get people to say, XYZ company is cheaper. And then when we get, down into the details, they're not getting the same value. And that's something that people should know so they can make an educated decision on what's important to them.
1: Right. So they might be able to save a little bit of money, but they
2: might actually be bartering away benefits they wish they had. Oh, absolutely. A great example. I had a friend who had me review her car policy, her auto insurance one day in February. And I looked at it and I called her and I said, oh my gosh, please tell me you're not on the road today because you are so underinsured based upon what I know about you and your family. And for as little as $58 a year, I can Give you five times the coverage that would keep you well protected. She had no idea. She went on the internet and did one of those name your price tool things, which could have been fine, but she didn't know the differences. So, when once we were able to explain the differences, you know, $58 over the course of 12 months was really reasonable to get her very well protected. Well, and I think that's one of the dangers
1: of it. Like, I actually love the on demand economy, right? You know, Amazon ships it. I want something, I just order it. I want something from another company, I just order it. It shows up at my house when I want. I get a break on this, I get a break on that. And so I love that on-demand economy, and I think a lot of people are there. But the part about the on-demand economy is it's actually really easy to buy something that you didn't really understand. I'm sure if I took a survey of the Money Matters community that we've all gotten at least one thing in the mail that was not what we thought we bought on the internet. Absolutely. If that is true, then what are the chances that the policy that you bought on the internet actually works the way you think? And so one of the things that I think goes the kind of the way of the dodo is you know, there were a lot of insurance people selling a lot of insurance, not really doing that kind of comparative view. They kind of had you and they never really looked at it again. And every year they just kind of sent you a new premium notice and they got paid because you stayed with them. And I think that model's going away, right? So, what you know, I find that there are people that will still invest money with people that are actually not doing anything, but that increasingly younger people coming along are not going to be willing to make that move and educated people don't make that move. And eventually what's going to happen is other people are going to figure out that they're actually paying for something they're not getting. And that's happening. I think a lot in different markets in the world. Today, I think the agent that actually looks at everything and says, could you be doing what should you be doing is actually an area of expertise that a lot of people are paying for, but not really getting. And so the idea that they might have a resource like yourself, I want to know, like, let's say they're not in new market. Let's say they're in another state. How would somebody know that their agent is, what what kind of questions should they be asking their
2: agent? That's a great question. So one, I completely agree with you that people are, let I'm going to go back to a couple of your points. One, there's definitely this internet economy and there's ways to partner with a good agent that uses the internet in an intelligent way. So for instance, they use it in ways that you can do online service. You want another copy of your auto ID card, you can go on their website and download that at any time. You want to be able to text them. You want to be able to send them images. You know, there should be ways that your agent's working with you. You should be able to always do e-document signing. So you don't have to go see your agent, but if you want to, you should be able to. So I think you're absolutely right. There's that balance between technology and using it intelligently in the traditional you know agents that were there so I agree with you that there's there's that that conversion happening. I think in terms of really interviewing your agent, I think that's an excellent piece of advice. Just like you would interview your financial planner, and I'm sure people do when they come to you, you're going to interview your agent and you should be asking things about how do you do business? How would you quote my policies? What are you looking for? What information are you going to provide me? And you should be looking for them to say, I'm going to ask you very detailed questions about you and your needs and your property. We want to look at what you have now for coverages so we can compare and do a real apples to apples comparison. Or if If what you have now is not ideal, we should tell you why and why we're recommending something different. And they should be very thorough with this. The new agent should be very thorough in going over these details because it can make a tremendous difference to you both on the premium side and on the coverage side. And you also want them to make sure that they're doing things like giving you this information in writing. We see a lot of people saying, oh yeah, they told me they could save me 50 bucks. And we'll say, and we'll say to them, please get a copy of that quote and please compare line by line to make sure that they're really giving you those, those similar coverages. And if they're different, ask them why. Just because you want to make sure that your agent knows what they're talking about and they're taking the time to do the things that will keep you well protected. For instance, are they taking a dwelling value amount on your homeowners that was in your previous policy or will they actually do a new cost to rebuild calculation to figure out what it would cost in your home today if it were to burn to the ground and rebuild and build that exact same home in your town today? We find a lot of times that those amounts are different and we want to explain to them why they're different and we actually are willing to even give them the report that shows them how they're different. And when you're able to do that, and when you're able to prove that you're doing the right things on behalf of the client and that agent that you're talking to is, is going out of their way to do that for you, that's really important. They should be promising to review your, your renewals each year and they should be doing a full policy review at least every two years that includes shopping your premium. That means they understand what has changed. Maybe you have new young drivers, you have different vehicles, maybe you're, um, you've done an addition to your home and the carriers change their rates. So your agent should be shopping that for you at least every two years. They should be making sure you're still getting the best possible product. And the product's change. They may have added additional endorsements or other things that would be of great value to you that might not even cost you more money. So you want a partner for the long term and someone who's going to get to know you, get to know your needs, get to know how you like to pay, get to know what discounts make sense for you. Um, so that's really important. And I think making, making the time up front to do that homework is really valuable. So you say that you probably want to do
1: a full review every two or three years and just make sure that everything is what everything should be. But each year your agent should be shopping, should be looking at what you're paying for what you've got to determine whether or not that it still makes sense. Do you think that in your industry that that happens a lot or do you think it's the exceptional agent that's actually doing that other step?
2: It's really rare. I mean, I can't tell you how rarely we hear people all the time say, I don't even know who my agent is, or I was with an agent who retired five years ago and I've never talked yeah. to anyone else since. Um, so it's really rare. And what happens often is they assume they just have a good deal. And I'll right. give you an example. There were three families I worked with this past winter. All of them were with captive agents, meaning you know the, the Liberties of, of the State Farms or the All States or the Nationwide, so those kinds of a- agencies, which are good companies and they have good products, but I was um, they hadn't shopped in a really long time. They hadn't looked at their coverages and I was able to offer them at least as good, most cases better coverages. And those three families alone were able to save them over $4,500 a year with better coverages. And just because they hadn't looked at it for literally 20 years,
1: yeah, I find that people are on the set it and forget it. And I think, you know, yeah. one of the things that, you know, there's this um, this shady little term in the money business called camping on your book. Mm-hmm. Like you're just living on the renewals and the residuals and money's coming in and you're getting paid for money that you're, quote, that you're, that's under your management, whether you're really managing it or not. It might be a mutual funds. You might never talk to your client. You're still getting paid.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that, you know, investors don't really understand when and how they pay their financial professionals unless they're you know, working with a fiduciary that actually has to tell them, but it's hard to know. Right. I agree. You go, you. Well, the renewal comes so quick. The next year rolls around and you go, well, I mean, nothing's really changed. It's probably okay. And you file it in the draw and listen, listen, money matters community. I know you do <laughs> every once in a while, even I do. And then I say to myself, you know, if anybody should be looking at every year for crying out loud, it should at least be me. And then I take them out and I look at them and I'll tell you, often I find that things have changed. And that my policies haven't changed. And I don't know when the last time I heard from my agent was. And, um, you know, I know that when I first met with them, they looked at everything and reviewed everything. And I felt like I was on a good plan with them and then never heard from them again. Right. So the duty really on me, right, as the consumer to come back and say, geez, you either need, I need to find somebody who's proactive about this, or I need to be proactive about this. So I need to be the one who says, you know, I don't need to look at it every year, because let's face it, things don't change that much in a year but I need to look at it every couple of years or I need to look at it when my rate changes, my premium payment goes up, I need to find out, I need to investigate why that's happening. Right. And I have to be willing to do not all of the work, but a little bit of the work. And so what I always say to people is, you either have to be willing to do all the work and some people are willing to do all the work and those people do really well on the internet. They go figure everything out. They look at all the policies. They identify it all. They do all the work and they love it, right? They're into it and they love it. And God bless those people. But then there's the rest of us. Jobs, kids, families, busy. We're filing those things away when they come in. When really, it's been many can't remember the last time they had an insurance review. So here's what I'll say: not as painful as you think. Yeah. But um, you know, this is when you'd say if if I've had the same insurance agent for five years and they have never reached out to me to think about whether or not I'm doing the right thing, then maybe I don't start with them. Correct. Maybe I go see somebody new. And get a new get a new assessment, and then compare it to what it is my agents had me in for the last five years.
2: And I think, but there's a couple things with that. So one, if your agent, two, first of all, if your agent isn't doing things like calling you back in a timely way, we get that a lot. Like, well, I'm still waiting for my agent to re-quote my product, and it's been three weeks. And I, we think to ourselves, we well, turned a quote around to you in 48 hours. That was very detailed with detailed writing and instructions gosh forbid you have a claim or a problem and your agent doesn't respond to you for three weeks. They're not responding yeah, to they can't where get you want. Get your money. money. Right. So yeah. that's a really common common thing we see people do, like, well, it's just easier to just stay where I am. And it's it's so easy to change change companies with with a with an agent that will help you do so. So an agent can walk you through the process. They can actually fill up paperwork to help you make transitions. They can make it very simple to go to someone that, and move to someone that you trust, someone who's going to be truly your partner. Um, the other thing that you made a comment about, which I thought was really interesting, is I do think people try to do a lot on the internet and try to figure out a lot of this stuff themselves. And what they don't do, they don't know what they don't know, and that's my concern. Is sometimes that's right. they don't know, for instance, what a gold package is with XYZ carrier versus a bronze package with a different carrier. They might know not know that it covers replacement cost on personal contents, or they might not know that they have water backup, or they might not know that they have certain other features that the other products don't have. Um, we recently ran into someone who was quoting us and, and refused to let us see their, their current policies, which is fine. But the problem was when we finally got a hold of their current policies, we saw that they had something called an H-O-5 versus what most people were quoting them, which was an H-O-3. An H-O-5 has much broader coverages, and an H-O-3 is much narrower, very specific named peril coverages. And he didn't realize that just by going on price alone, he was about to give up dramatic. Um, enhancements and coverages over what he has right now, he was not doing an apples-to-apples comparison, even though the dwelling amounts looked similar, the liability amounts looked similar, similar, the deductibles looked similar. He didn't realize that there were different kinds of, of, of different policies that exist. And it wasn't until we were able to educate him on that Um, that he realized he could make a good decision on what was important to him. So the trick is to find a partner who's going to really help educate you. And there's oftentimes that we say, sit tight. You're in a really good place right now. Your current carrier has got the best product around with the best possible price for you. And we'll watch. And every year we take another look at what they're at. And we still make sure that they have the best product possible coverages because eventually we want them as a customer, but we don't want them until the time is right. And those are the kind of partners you want is the one who's not going to just take the deal up front and then not necessarily have you in as good coverages. Some
1: people, whether they did it on purpose or they did it by accident, their coverage is actually pretty good, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Sometimes people are in, in a really good place and in their times, we'll tell them to sit tight and, and stay right. where they are. And um, and that's fine with us. We just want to make sure people are covered and a good agency will do that because that's imp- important to building their brand. And if you have someone who's really looking about long-term, those are the kind of people you want to partner with because they're going to try to do the right thing over and over again, as opposed to someone who's looking for their commission check on, you know, the end of the month. Um, So you you can get a good feel for that as you talk to people and and to the agents and how, how much time are they spending with you? What attention are they giving to the details is going to illustrate to you that they're looking for a lifetime customer and a lifetime partner more so than just making a quick commission check. So then that's all fantastic. Can you, I want to switch
1: gears a little bit and talk a little bit about when somebody maybe has more insurance than they really need. Mm -hmm. I often find that people, people go at insurance with one of two ways. How do I pay the least amount of money? And then how do I make sure that no matter what, I never have to write a check? Mm -hmm. And what I always find is that financial control often lies somewhere in the middle where you're willing to pay Either you see it a lot of times with car insurance where somebody's willing to pay a higher car deductible mm-hmm. in order to have a lower cost of premium every year because the deductible is a is not an every year thing and the premium is an every year thing. But can you talk a little bit about like the trade-offs and just sort of generally what people should be thinking about? Like so they're looking at their car coverage, for example, and they say, would I be better off having more blah, blah, blah? Or a higher deductible with
2: more benefits. You know, how do people yep. think about
1: that, spending that money?
2: I think that's a really great question, and and it really comes down to is what 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 can you mentally afford to pay, and also financially afford to pay, right? So, it, it's really smart on your quotes if you're if you're making those kinds of trade-off decisions. Look at the quote differences. So, say you may do a quote with two hundred, you know, two hundred fifty dollars in your as a deductible, and then you may look at a quote with a thousand dollar deductible. So the question is, should something happen? Could you eat the difference? Could you physically, would you be willing to pay the difference or are you willing to, it's sort of like how risk adverse are you, right? Or would you like to pay the extra 30 or $40 in premium a year and not have to worry about it? And that's a really sort of like saying on a financial advisor, how risk adverse are you, right? So the question is, what, what is the way that your mind works? And just like you suggested everyone thinks a little differently. Some people are much more risk averse and some people aren't. And those are the things that you should be talking to your agent about too is, you know, what are those trade-offs? How old is the car? Do you need to actually have coverage, just liability on the car because the car is so old that the extra couple hundred dollars in premium isn't going to be worth it because if the car gets totaled, you're just going to junk it anyway? Or is this car sort of your car that you drive to work all the time? And if something happens to you, you know, you, you need a little bit of cash back for it um so so it's those kinds of things and you, the agent should be looking at that they should say this is the age of your car these are the trade offs given your situation and how you use these things um these are these are the, your choices and then they should be encouraging you to make that choice in a really really clear simple way um, so absolutely we see people who are overinsured where you're thinking, oh my gosh, you, you know, it doesn't make sense. And we'll sit down and say, we are happy to quote you apples to apples to what you have now, but here's what else we recommend and here's why. And then they can make an educated decision. And those are the kinds of conversations you should be having with your agent. That's really good advice. Can we talk a little bit about, um, umbrella
1: policies? So these are like, you know, I know that I know many people who have them mm-hmm. and I know, you know, being self-employed, there are a lot of us who, want to have additional coverage to make sure that we're more insulated mm-hmm. but let me ask you do you think everybody should have an umbrella policy or is it a certain set of customers where this kind of insurance in addition to the other insurance you already have because you have to have all the other stuff anyway right. makes sense who does this make sense for
2: um that's a that's an awesome question so so the umbrella insurance is liability insurance above and beyond what's already typically on your home and autos so if you're home goes up, is has a $300,000 liability coverage. This would be, for instance, if it's a million dollar policy, it would be an additional million dollars above and beyond that. Um, We often find that there's people who have more assets tend to be more interested in these liability policies, right? So if you're getting a professional who's at a lovely home and a second home, and maybe they have more things that could cause risks. Maybe they have ski boats and water ski boats and they take kids tubing all the time or they have teenage drivers or they have instances that they could more, much more likely be sued and medical, incur medical expenses, then those are the people who tend to gravitate and tend to be much more interested in umbrella policies. And it probably makes more sense for some of those people. Whereas there's people who, you know, maybe they don't have those kinds of assets, and maybe an umbrella is not right for them at this time. But again, that's a really important discussion to sit down and have because what might work be important for you based upon your financial situation could be very different than somebody else's. So uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit about you know getting sued. You threw it right out there, so I'm going
1: to I'm going to throw it out there too. One of the things that um, one of the things that I've heard over the years is that you know when when you're when you're suing a person or a company or whatever, you know, one of the things you want to know is how much coverage they have. So you have some idea about what you could get from them because let's face it, can't get blood from a stone. Right. So if somebody is, you know, really they're just paying their bills and getting by and uh, you know, they get a house. It's an, you know, it's an okay house, but it's not, you know, amazing. They got a couple kids and um, you know, an umbrella would be that much more expensive on top of everything they have, but they're actually not, you know, how much you're at risk is really a function of what you have. So if you have the insurance, sometimes that opens you up to even a bigger suit because they go, oh, we can sue for this money.
2: Um, I'm not sure that we've seen a lot of instances where people actually have knowledge of how much coverage people have when they decide to start the suit. And they may or may not realize if a person has an umbrella or not. But typically the umbrella... Well, isn't they typically aren't super super expensive for people. So for instance, if if you're someone who's, you know, like I said teenage drivers or things that are likely to happen that could involve these kinds of lawsuits, you may want to consider the extra $400 a year or whatever it is for coverage or you may not. Either way, if you get sued, if you at least have some coverage, it's going to come out of the policy including some of the legal expenses whereas if you don't have any of this, it's all out of your own pocket. So the question is you know, what is the likelihood that that happens? It happens more and more each day, unfortunately, because people sue for all sorts of crazy reasons. But uh, I'm in agreement with you that the umbrella may not make sense for everybody all the time. Um, it, you know, if they hear, you know, we, we catch people all the time like, ooh, they're a doctor. Well, they must have money, right? Like, they're not even asking about, about their insurance, Right.
1: I have a sister who's a lawyer and she says to me like, you know, she doesn't do a lot of, she does a lot of criminal work. She doesn't do a lot of personal injury work, but she said that's the very first thing they do in the data gathering is find out how much
2: the insurance that the, um, the person they're hoping to sue has. I'm sure that's definitely one of the factors. I'm sure their employment is one of the factors. I'm sure where they, they take a Google view of their house, I'm sure. Right. So like no. if you have
1: a lot of money and you have a really nice house and you have a really good paying job and you don't want to pay it all to somebody who sues you, you might want to have an umbrella policy correct. to put something between you, between your money and who might want to try to take it from. you. Yep. That's really who
2: it's for. So uh, often, yes, correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so that's really the, you know, so again, that's a really important discussion to have with, you should sort of think of, of a good agent as sort of your partner, right? So, so the idea is to minimize risk, um, minimize the, the payments on their insurance, obviously, and the more money that they can set aside, you can do better things with it, like, put it in your your investment account so you can actually make some money with that money right so the idea is that your insurance agent should be your partner in all this and be educating you on the trade offs and these decisions should be yours um and again you know like you like just like you said earlier for some people it will make sense and for others maybe it's not their top priority right now and that's okay so one last thing i found this to be amazing i'm just going to say this
1: i have um i've always believed because it's true in the life insurance and disability and it was always true in the homeowners and That if you paid your policy for the whole year at the beginning of the year, you saved money because they didn't have to bill you monthly or do automatic draft or whatever, and they passed that savings on to you. And that was always true for as long as I could remember until maybe two years ago, I had my insurance agency say to me that it actually wasn't any cheaper to pay it annually than it was to do monthly auto draft. And is that because, first of all, is that true for all insurance companies? No. Because I think a lot of of my clients believe if they pay it annually that they're going to save money and now i had this one off kind of thing and i think to myself is this a fluke or is this a trend
2: the one thing we've really learned that's an awesome question cuz one thing we've really learned as an independent agency is that every carrier is so different so they do have different payment options some of them have prepayment you know have um monthly payment fees installation fees you know 4 or 5 bucks some of them right. don't some of them will will give you credit if you're doing eft and some of them some of them won't. Some of them will charge you to do EFT. Some of them will actually give you a credit for paid in full. Some of them won't. They're all completely different. And every single carrier has their own rules, just like this is the shocking one that I learned recently, It's actually some carriers, depending on your personal factors, and there's roughly about 55 or so factors that go into figuring out a quote, like your age and your location and your um, credit scores, score, credit scores, all these kinds. You know, it's actually an insurance score, not a credit score, but credit's sort of a component of that. But anyways, yeah. you know, all these factors that go into it, and there's actually times When actually increasing the coverages, your liability coverage, for instance, on your homeowners with certain carriers, your premium decreases. So by giving you more insurance, you save money, believe it or not, in certain carriers, and certain instances, because they've 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 So in total and not
1: by the pound, you know, I always think like insurance is sold on the rate band, which is, sorry guys for the jargon, but the rate band is basically- that if you buy a little insurance, you pay one rate, but if you buy a lot of insurance,
2: they give you kind of a bulk rate. No, it's actually it's actually different. The actuaries have actually figured that people who tend to like in this particular instance with this particular carrier, people who want to be have better coverages tend to have less claims because they're more cautious and therefore they're less risky and therefore their premiums are lower. Nice.
1: See, if you are risk adverse and you are smart about your insurance, there are
2: insurance companies that value you and will pay you for that. So that's something, again, you need an insurance agent that kind of knows that and tweaks and tries these kinds of trade-offs for you while they're quoting. So yes, you could go online and get these quotes, but you won't know to try some of those things to say, wow, I can actually give them double the coverages in their liability area and save them money. You know, those kinds of trade-offs, not all the time, but there's all different nuances like that, that a good agent can provide you value with that you wouldn't know to do yourself. And that's why you want to partner with someone who's taking that extra time. Um, so so the, you know, to go back to your original point, is, there, is it, a, is it a, a done deal with how we pay? Or every carrier is different. They're all unique. They all offer different packages and different services. They're all trying to get your business in different ways. Um, and that's a really key point thing to know. And the other thing that I'm really surprised at is I still get people who say, eh, ah, my agent's given me a deal. I will tell you right now, all premiums approved by the state of New Hampshire, all rates, all rates are pre- approved by the state of New Hampshire. No agent can give you a deal. If I quote this, an insurance with a carrier and someone else quotes the same exact insurance with the same carrier for the same client, those rates should be identical. Um, as long as they're giving the same discounts and they're giving the discounts that the people can rightfully get, those rates are the same. No one's cutting their commissions and there's, there's none of that available on the personal side. So I get concerned when there's some old stuff. Some people are like, oh, my agent. He does special things for me. He's yeah. He, there is no such thing as special. Things. I hear. Unless, like unless what special thing? Like you're the mob. What special thing? Correct. So it is what it is. What is what it is. Unless they're putting you in incorrectly, they're undervaluing your home. They've misrepresented something like distance to the fire station or some other thing that impacts your premium, which will come back to bite you. We've seen it happen over and over again. You want someone who's doing it correctly and is quoting you correctly. And that will give you the best possible price. Perfect.
1: So we covered a lot here today. (laughs) If people wanted to reach out to you directly, how would they find you?
2: Well, we have a website and that's one way to look us up and to learn more about us. It's Kesslarinsurance.com. And that's K-E-S, like Susan, L-A-R, insurance.com. Our phone number is 603-273-0953. We're all over the internet, we do a great job. We have over 105 blog posts where we just educate people. We have a really great Facebook page where we post a ton of content and, and information and education. We have about 35 star reviews that we'd love to people to check out and read because we work really hard for those to earn them. But we would love to, our job is really to be a resource for people. Even if you're not looking to switch just yet or you just want to learn more information, call us. We really want to make sure that people are making good, solid decisions and we want to be a resource for that. And if it makes sense to do business together at some point, we would love that. But um, but we really just want to be that opportunity to say, what does this all mean? Or should I be considering this? Or I'm having this situation. You know, How did that impact my insurance? And we're happy to be that resource. So Money
1: Matters listeners, the point of this podcast is to make you think about what you're spending on the various types of insurance and how it is that you're buying them. One of the things that I found, and I heard, you know, Lisa talk about it, is this idea that people just aren't looking at them. They're never really reviewing them. And when you talk about reviewing them, they're sort of their eyes sort of glaze over. If you're mm-hmm. one of those people, what you really want to think about doing is pick someone, Lisa, or somebody in your local area that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. that has a good reputation. And you can use the internet to like research this person and make sure mm-hmm. that they have good ratings and they don't have any complaints, and they, you know, they, they've been in business for a long time and, and, and that they're an, an independent insurance agent mm-hmm. so that you know you're not captive. It's not, it's not always bad to be locked up, but frankly, more times than not, it's better to be not locked up. And so, you know, have an agent that has the flexibility to say what really works for you and then make an appointment. And if they rub you wrong, you move on. Absolutely. But when I think about how much time people spend scouring the internet trying to figure out what to do for their insurance, what I'll say to you is, if you spent that time looking for an agent and just picked one, then you could actually skip all all those other mistakes. Mm -hmm. And because agents are paid by the carriers when you buy insurance from them, so it's not like you're writing them a separate check to be your agent. They represent the companies to you and you to the companies, and they get paid by the companies to do that. So if you pick an independent agent, they have lots of insurance companies that they work with, you like them, they work hard for you, it's a good fit. And that could help you make more with what you take home. And you know, that's my goal, a little bit more every week of what you make that you get to keep for yourself. Thanks for tuning in. Lisa, thanks again for being our guest today. Lisa's contact information will also be in the show notes
0: so that you'll be able to just click them off the show notes. And until we speak again, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.